Welcome to Grace Capital Church Podcast, broadcasting from our Pembroke campus. Well, today, last week was a, was a sensitive subject. Thank you for giving me lots of grace while I, I gave you that word. If you missed the, the message yesterday, I mean last week, last Sunday, it was a message on the LGBT, our role and responsibility to love and care for that community. And uh, to go back to the scripture and see how Jesus views people um, who are struggling. And uh, today we, we will just keep on with a good old roll of difficult subjects. And so we're going to be talking about race, refugees, and immigration today. And this is the last series on the FAQ uh, series, this last message on this series. And I want you to, um, to not say this, the questioning is done, but I, I think it's going in line with the word that was saying to us that it's not enough for you to just to come to church on Sunday and hear what we have prepared for you, but you've got to be um, digging into the scriptures yourself. We say we grow best. Our commitment to you is we're going to help you grow. We're going to help you grow spiritually, but we say we do this best by being in the row, which is where you are here today, in the circle, which is your small group, so if you're not in a life group, that's why we're talking about it. Find a life group to get into. All the life group cards in the four-year there, find one that works for you at night. Call the leader and say, hey, I want to join your group, and we can help bridge that gap for you. And then the last one's in the seat. That seat is your personal devotional time with God. How are you doing with that? If it's non-existent in your life, I would encourage you to start um, getting into the Word of God. We've got journals at the Info Hub. We've got free Bibles. There's no reason for you to not be in that. The journal will help you know how to get through the Bible and apply it to your life. Well, here we go. We're going to go on the, the... If you're taking notes, the uh, message title is Race and Refugees. God, what are you doing? God, what are you doing? That question is so important. Can I, under, can I help you understand something a little bit about what's going on in the world. There is a section of the world that's called the 1040 window. That's 10 degrees north longitude and 40 degrees north longitude, long latitude. Which is this one? Latitude. Forget the longitude. Latitude. 10 degrees north latitude, 10, uh, 40 degrees north latitude as well. And in that window has the majority of the population, about 4.8 billion people live in that window. Now, other interesting thing about that window, it is the most unreached uh, parts of the world. That's where the majority of the Muslims, Buddhists, and Hindus live. It's from North Africa over to Asia. And uh, the interesting thing, that is where all the conflict is arising from ISIS to other things that are displacing people. All the people who have left Turkey, Syria. And the interesting thing in that is we now are the recipients of those refugees and we hear in the news is saying, well, what is our position? Now, this is not a political talk because I do believe we should have laws and process and regulations to receive people in our country. That's not the debate I want to talk about. What I want to talk about is, remember, we have to view things from a kingdom perspective, not just a Western American perspective. Where is our citizenship? Our citizenship is in heaven. We are citizens of the United States of America. 
Thank you for adopting me. I'm a Canadian, born in Canada, uh, but now I carry a dual citizenship. So actually, I have a tri-citizenship, citizen of heaven, citizen of the United States of America, and citizen of Canada. Thank you very much. Who is a citizen from another country? Raise your hand. We've got Richie Filipino. We've got an Australian over here. Anybody else? Yell it out. Where are you from? Rwanda. Rwanda. Sweden. Sweden. Oh, Canada. Who's my fellow Canadian? (laughs) All right. Yeah, you're around from the Ottawa area too. Good job. All right. We'll go have tea later. All right. Well, you know, that is so true that we have been adopted into, you know, those who are, who are from foreign countries into the United States. But what we're talking about is really the citizenship of heaven. We have to run it through these filters. And the filters that we've been running all this conversation through for the last four weeks is four things, which is salt, salt, light, leaven, seed. And we'll get to that in a moment. So let's go back to this 1040 window. It's the place where it has the greatest conflict, and yet these people are being dispersed as the most unreached, and it is the most unfriendly to the gospel of Jesus Christ. In many ways, these countries are closed. So we could say this question, here's the, here's the wrong question. How can we protect ourselves? But the right question we need to be asking is, God, what are you doing? I get it. Fear can take over. And it's great to have common sense. I also have another statistic. Actually, I meant to write it down. But it's, it's some, you can just do a Google search on it, of finding what are the chances that, that a refugee is going to become a terrorist and is going to hurt you. There's greater chances that you're going to step into your bathtub and you're going to slip and fall and kill yourself. So the statistics show us. But here's the other part of this. We have to ask the question is, God, what are you doing? Because that's a higher question that is a kingdom of God question. Because why if God is actually sending those people that we don't have permission to go in their countries, and what if God is actually sending them to us to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ? Could God be bringing the nations to us? Could he be? And if that's the case, then we have to ask ourselves the other question is, God, if that's what you're doing, how do I come in alignment to with what you're doing? And how do I overcome my fear of the unknown? My fear of the unknown. All right, we're going to get to some scriptures here. The interesting thing is there are other people who are making it difficult for people to hear the gospel. Now, see, I think Jesus is saying... Some people want to make it difficult to hear the word of God, but, but I'm going to make it possible for people to hear the word of God by displacing people. Well, if you turn with me in your Bibles to Mark chapter 11, I won't lead you astray this week. I gave you some weird scriptures last week that you're wondering what, where I was speaking. But Mark chapter 11, let's open up your Bibles together. This is an account of Jesus this is right after his triumphal entry, which is where he goes, gets to a colt, and he starts to ride into Jerusalem. Uh, he wants to visit the temple. The temple's closed for the night. He goes off, and, 
And he's hanging with the disciples, sleeps there, and the next day comes back to the temple. Now the temple, like we'd already heard this morning, is, um, it was really broken into four parts. There was uh, the, the part that the women could go worship in. There was the, the court of the Gentiles, which is where Jesus enters in to. Then they have the um, Holy of Holies, which is only for the, where the presence of God resided and only the high priest could go in once a year. But here comes Jesus, if you look at Mark chapter 11, verse 1. I'm going to read this for you. Actually, I'm telling you the wrong things. Mark 11, 15 through 19. Man, I even wrote this in my Bible this way too. All right, you guys are so gracious to me. And for those of you who are watching online, please get your Bibles and open up to Mark chapter 11, 15. I just wanted to redeem myself there. So, okay. And they came to Jerusalem and he entered the temple and began to drive those who sold and those who bought in the temple. And he overturned the tables of the money changers and the seats of those who sold pigeons. This is Jesus doing this. I know Jesus. You have this picture of Jesus. Oh, gentle Jesus, where all the children come sit on Jesus' lap. But here's another side of Jesus that he begins to get very upset And I'll tell you why I believe he's upset in this account. And he would not allow anyone to carry anything through the temple. And he was teaching them and saying to them, It is not written, is it not written, My house shall be called a house of prayer for all the nations, but you have made it a den of robbers. He's quoting from the book of Isaiah there, actually. If you have a Bible that has a small little letter next to that, Look down the bottom of your Bible and it'll tell you where Jesus is referencing. You see, he is understanding that, that the temple of God, where people, where the Gentiles themselves were wanting to hear the, the, the scripture, they were wanting to hear God's voice spoken to them. And here they were that these, these money changers were trying to make it difficult for the Gentiles. Remember, the temple was actually for the Jews. Jesus, who was a Jew, but the temple was designed for the Jews. But the Gentiles wanted, foreigners wanted to hear the word of God. And, and what was happening is, is they were basically saying, okay, you've got to buy these pigeons so you can make your sacrifice, so you can, you can be clean to come into the temple. Money changers were there, and it was really a place of commerce, and they were trying to make some money off of the Gentiles. Jesus was so mad because he was saying, wait a second, this is not what I intended my, my, the presence of God to be, the place of the house of my father. No, it should be available for all people of all nations to come and to be with him. He says a house of prayer really is a place where they can encounter God and engage with God. Hear the word of God and respond to his presence. That's why I love, even though you can listen to this uh, message online, there's something about gathering together. We can worship and God's presence is here. Today, we encounter God in his presence, his Holy Spirit. So Jesus is extremely upset that 
that people have made it difficult for those who want to hear the word of God. Take that 1040 window again. These nations have been closed to Christianity. And all of a sudden we find that through terrorist activity and through a lot of disruption, people are being displaced and they're moving into all other places of the world. And, and I'd have to question, say, it may be God, you're doing something. Maybe you're doing something. We have to realize that we are actually known as the temple of God today. So no longer do people actually have to go into buildings to say, I've got to find the manifest presence of God. But we can now say, guess what? As a follower of Jesus, we are now the temple of God. The Holy Spirit resides in us. The question then is, if we are the temple of God, what do our temple courts look like? The sphere around us that, that people can approach us, are, they, are we making it difficult for people to encounter the love of Jesus? And why do we talk about this topic of race and immigration and refugees in this light? Because could it be that our prejudices, could our fear be the very thing that's keeping people out of our temple courts? Could it be the very place where people are trying to find the word of God and they're trying to find hope and they're trying to find, I, I might not believe yet, but I, I, I hear about this Jesus and I, I want to come close. And are our lives available, are our temple courts available for, or have we set up barriers, obstacles that are making it difficult for people to respond to Christ? You know, in many ways, um, I think racism has a lot to do with fear, fear of the unknown. Well, I, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to, I love these little illustrations. I, I, I put together this little box for you, some of you, this, or one of you one of you this morning. I, I would like to, to demonstrate something, and I promise you nobody's going to get hurt in this demonstration, um, but I do need one person to, uh, to volunteer. Raise your hand if you're willing to volunteer. Raise your hand. Um, yeah, come on right up here, Mr. Heath. Um, come on up. So this time of year, this time of year, I put this box together. This time of year, when it's getting warmer, I live in an 18... 1790s old farmhouse, and the spiders start coming out um, this time of year. <laughs> and you're, you'll be fine. You'll be fine. You won't get hurt. You might be a little wigged out, but you won't get hurt. And so, um, so, and these are like these are big spiders. I mean, these are like if you've seen dock spiders, these big water spiders. And um, so, in this box, there there is this. Uh, I put this together this morning. It's sealed up nice. So nothing can come out, but, some, but something can go in. And that, that something's going to be a hand that's going to go in that. And so, so Andrew, what I, what I would like for you to do, because I, I know that you're courageous and that you, you, you've learned how to master overcoming fear, and um, could I just have this microphone for a second, wherever that I, I had it? So, 
So I just want, tell me what you're thinking right now, um, Andrew. So, so this is a box, and um, I'm going to be asking you in a moment to put your hand in here. And so what's going through your mind? Um, a little worried, not going to lie. I would say that you have a very creative style, and your props are great, and I'm excited, but I'm also a little fearful of what's actually in there. So. Right, Okay. So, um, have, you, have you experienced this before in your no, life? No. Okay. How do you feel about spiders? <laughs> they're okay. They're okay. All right. From afar, they're good. From there afar, they're good. Yeah. Now, when, I'm in, when I've been in Honduras, they actually have tarantulas, hairy spiders. <laughs> and um, now, I'm not saying that's what's in here, but I'm just saying, but I'm just letting you know. And, and they, that's the kind of spider that wigs me out. You know, the, the, the ones are like this. I can handle those ones. So I just put this in here this morning. And so, so can you, I just have you um, put your hand in there, okay? It, it's, it's okay. It's, it's okay. It's okay. All right. All right. Okay. Now, now, just a second. So is there, are you okay? Yeah, I'm good. Yeah. Okay. Can you just move your hand to that side of the box for a moment? <laughs> Is it? Do you get it? Have you felt it yet? No. Okay. All right. How are you doing? I'm doing okay. All right. All right. Take your hand off for a second. Quick, 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 quick. Okay. All right. Oh, oh man. Okay. Can you give Andrew a big okay. hand here? He's, he's, he's good. All right. So, so that was very intense. I almost got nervous for him. So in this box um, is actually nothing. I mean, there's nothing in this box. But... But I started talking about spiders. I never told him I put a spider in here, but I started talking about spiders. And, and it started creating images in his mind of what possibly could be in this box. And, and the fear of the unknown begins to create these barriers in our life to then say, you know what, this... Now, he had a lot of peer pressure. He was going to be like, man, you're a wussy. If you're not going to go in, your hand's going to go in there, and he's going to like be forever. So he had a lot of peer pressure. But to his own, if he had this, if he thought there were spiders in here, he would not even think about putting his hand in here. Because the fear of the unknown, what is in this? Okay, it might be a harmless critter or whatever, but I don't know. And so, so I think this is what happens for us in life when we are faced with people who are different than us. I don't get that culture. I don't, I was in North Africa earlier this year and I had the privilege to, to go into an area that was um, mostly Muslim. And then they told us, I got there, they says, well, you're going to actually be staying in a, Muslim's, a Muslim family's home. And You've seen the pictures on the internet of what they do to Americans over in those countries that don't like Americans who who don't like Christians. And I had to wrestle through my own fear, but guess what? It was really my own fear. Because this home, there was a lady named Fatima. She was awesome. She was the most vivacious woman. She wanted to dance and she wanted to dance with me. No, hun, don't worry. She was like my grandmother. But, but you know, she's this vivacious woman. And, uh, 
And I just realized that as I began to face my fears and overcome those obstacles that, wait a second, maybe we've conjured things in our mind that are not true. Going back to what Peter shared this morning is that we've got to come back to the word of God and understand what's true. You know, and fear, the scripture talks about fear. It says perfect love casts out all fear. Perfect love casts out all fear. So what if we began to approach ourselves in realizing that, wait a second, if God is up to something and he's bringing the nations to us, And I have my own fear because I don't really understand, I don't really get people of different color or different culture. And I find myself becoming nervous about that. Maybe we need to start praying and say, God, give me a heart for people who are different than me. Give me a heart for people who are different than me. So we have a girl from Rwanda here, and I've been to Rwanda many times, and uh, I love Rwandans. Can I hear for the Rwandans? But guess what? The very first time I went there, it was shortly after the genocide. And they brought me through the memorials or actually the church buildings that still had the skeletal remains of the massacre that took place. And I have to say, you started looking down the street... Who are the Hutus? Who are the Tutsis? Who are the Hutus? Who are the Tutsis? And this fear conjured up now. It's great to have good common sense or what have you, but there was no reason to have fear at that point in time. And so the stigma in my mind, I had to get away from that. And so the first you know, time there was very tense. Second time, less tense. Third time, I'm hugging everybody. I love my Rwandan family over here. But I had to face my fears. And I had to realize that if perfect love casts out all fears, then I need to have a heart like Jesus to say, how am I going to love people who are different than myself, of different race, of different culture? So, We're going to run it through the filter real quick of the salt, light, leaven, seed. So we said we are the temple of God. So what do people hear when they step into our lives? Do they hear words of hate? Do they hear racist remarks? Do they, what are they hearing from your life? If the nations are coming to us and we are the temple and our life is a temple court, What do they encounter when they encounter us? What comes from our mouth? Remember, salt says, is our words speaking life? Light. Our life is the temple courtyard. What do they see in our lives? What do they see in our lives? Do they see fear? Do they sense fear? I'll tell you, you can just go into Walmart And you can experience the nations at Walmart. Can you not? When you encounter somebody in Walmart that's different than you, how do you engage with them? Do you look away? Do you choose to go down a different aisle? Or do you smile? 
And do you engage in a conversation? Leaven. What is the atmosphere of our courtyard? Is it love? Is it acceptance? Is it an open invitation? Is your life open? Because if God is up to something and he's bringing the nations to us, and yet, what are the barriers that are keeping people from hearing Jesus? Because God desperately loves all people, and he says that he wants his temple and his courtyard to be filled with people from the nations, and we're the temple of God. What are they feeling in their courtyard? What are they sensing in their courtyard, in our courtyard? And then seed. Who do they find when they come to you? See, the Gentiles, when, when they were in the temple courts, they were wanting to hear the word of God. They were seeking after God. Otherwise, they wouldn't be there. And my question is, is will people find the presence of God in our life? Will they see Jesus in our life? Will they have a feeling that they will have encountered the Holy Spirit because they've encountered us? See, I wonder if the issue of race and immigration and refugees, I'm not talking political, I'm not talking legal. I'm talking about people that are different than us. I wonder if a lot of it, the berries have to do with this made up fear in our minds. And we know that perfect love casts out all fear. And if the worship team wants to come, I want to read from you from a passage in Micah, Micah chapter 4. You can write this down. You don't have to use whiteout on this scripture. I'm going to give you the right scripture. Micah chapter 4. Intently listen to this for a moment. Micah, by the way, is in the Old Testament. It's a prophetic book. And I wonder if he's talking about the time that we're in right now. It shall come to pass in the latter days, we're in the latter days, that the mountain of the house of the Lord shall be established as the highest of the mountains, and it shall be lifted up above the hills, and peoples shall flow to it, and many nations, many nations shall come and say, come, let us go to the mountain of the Lord, and to the house of God of Jacob, and that he may teach us his ways, and that we may walk in his paths. For out of Zion shall go forth the law and, and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. He shall judge between many peoples, and he shall decide for, for strong nations far away, and they shall bear, they, sorry, they shall beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nations shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war anymore. But they shall sit every man under his vine and under his fig tree, and no one shall make them afraid. Get that, and no one shall make them afraid. For the mouth of the Lord of hosts has spoken, 
for all the people, for all the peoples, walk each in the name of its God, and we walk in the name of the Lord our God forever and ever. That scripture talks about all the nations coming together. There will be a day when it will be very evident that there will be one Lord and King, Jesus Christ. Where every tongue, will, every nation will once bow down before Jesus the King. But what's our part? We are the temple of God today. We are the mouthpiece of Jesus today. And we're citizens of heaven, which means we first and foremost need to represent Jesus our King and the way that we conduct our lives, the way that we love people, the way that we treat those different than ourselves. The next time you're out and about, the next time you encounter somebody different than yourself, maybe you should be asking yourself, what's my temple court like? How am I representing Jesus Christ to somebody from a different nation, from a different background, that's a different color, that might dress differently, but is still desperately trying to find truth, which is only found in Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Oh, Father, we just thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you for being our Lord and King. Thank you for saving us. Thank you for finding us. Thank you for allowing us to come close, that we are now, have your spirit residing in us. Father, when we approach people who are different than ourselves, Lord, you are bringing the nations to our neighborhoods. Let us realize that we want to represent you well. Jesus, let us take the initiative to build a relationship with somebody not like ourselves. Let us find somebody of a different culture and invite them over to our homes. Let us smile when we encounter somebody in the grocery store that's different than ourselves. Jesus, there's no race, there's no color, there's no religion that can step in the way of the love that you have for every person. And your word says that you're, that none should perish. Your heart is that none should perish. You want all to come to you. So Lord, I just pray that we would be your ambassadors for a world who has come to us. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, guys, so we've got our marching orders. We've heard the word of God. We understand that Jesus is asking us to be the temple. The what are our temple courts look like? How well will you address people who are different than us? Go live it out this week. Go live it out this week. The nations have come to us and they're hungry for the truth. Love you guys. Thank you for listening to the Grace Capital Church Podcast. 
If you'd like to know more about this podcast and the mission that we have in New England, or if this podcast has been a blessing to you and you would like to support this ministry financially, please visit us online at gccnh.com 